0: Trying to
1: be a street cop? Uh-huh. All right, guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, uh, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Mino, and today I have with me uh, a friend of mine, and I, unfortunately, uh, he's in here telling his story of his, you know, catastrophic incident at work. I wish it wasn't him, I wish it was never anybody, but you know, we had to come into the office to do the, into the studio here, to do the podcast rather than do it via Zoom. We have a history prior to this in- incident of being friends. And uh, without further ado, this is Anthony Pizik. You gotta talk to the mic. Hey Dennis, uh, first and
0: foremost, thanks for uh, having me on the show, having me in the office. Um, unfortunately, like Dennis said, it's kind of on uh, shitty terms. Uh, I was involved in a pretty significant accident on duty. Um, but i um, trying to get better, and uh, I'm here to tell my story.
1: All right. So, you know, essentially when we have these podcasts, ideally what we're trying to do is share the story, get people to understand what happened, and it also prepares police officers for incidents in the future that may affect them as well. So I- I'll ask you some questions, but I think we always start out with a little bit of a bio of yourself. Who are you? Where did you grow up? You know, if you're allowed to talk about the agency that you work for, I mean, it's no different than Googling your name right. and finding where you work for. I think it's comical that you wouldn't be able to say that if that was the case. I don't want there to be any strife at all. And we want to follow the rules because you have the uh, continued, uh, you know, you still are, are employed there and, and all that jazz. So I don't want to cause any strife. But anyway, give us your bio.
0: So um, I grew up in Alpine, New Jersey, which is a, a few minutes away from where this office is located. Um, I'm 31 years old. I started my law enforcement career in um, Railway, Railway Police Department as a dispatcher in 2011. Dispatched there for about four years. Uh, moved on to state corrections, which that job's miserable, everybody knows. Um, <laughs> how long did you do that for, dude? Uh, almost three years. Uh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, it's, it's the worst job on earth, right? Worked in Railway, East Georgia State Prison, Rollway.
1: Yeah, how hot is it in there?
0: It's miserable. It's like it, I can only describe it as um, when you an oven, to put something in there and you open that door, that's like, like when you walk in the door in the summer. I
1: want to hear something crazy, like... dude. Uh, in 01 or 2000, when they were doing my backgrounds, or maybe it was one I'm not sure, I was getting a background between state corrections and county corrections. First civil service test I took, I was 19 years old. And uh, I remember choosing the county because I knew that I could not get stuck somewhere that didn't have air conditioning. Right. Like I I was delivering pizza to East Jersey, right? And, and you got to pick your top three or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I was concerned that I would get stuck there. I'd watch these guys dying at that place, yeah, like dying of the heat. And I'm like, I'm just not doing that for four months no. out of the year with a stab vest on right. inside of a eighteen, uh, what was it built 1891 or something like that, something 1896. Like that, yeah. The place you guys bring ice around and put them in the sinks and stuff. That's the thing.
0: Um, well, they have. They, I'm not sure. A few years, you know, years prior to me being hired, but when I was there, there was ice machines that worked and.
1: You, like uh, my friend, uh, my old partner used to work there. and He said they used to take ice and put it in people's sinks to try to cool the place off. Do you do that still? No, no.
0: But these inmates would come up <laughs> with some crazy concoction.
1: It's ridiculous! There, they right? would,
0: they would make you know, put ice behind the fan so that they'd have a cool breeze, almost like an air conditioning unit. Um, would you yeah. guys supply them with ice for that? Or? Uh, yeah, they were allowed to get um, ice. They were allowed to get water, hot water, which is instead yeah, it's it's boiling worse. water that sits, that sits behind the officer's desk, <laughs> like in a better spot you know? yeah 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 yeah
1: um, but yeah i'm glad i'm out of there oh <laughs> uh, yeah dude i mean I, I remember the delight and excitement when i received the phone call that i had been accepted at my next job and i was i was relieved dude i mean i was i was, I was diligently trying to get out of that place yeah, as fast as, as possible most
0: people um it's a stepping stone for law enforcement um you know you met some i met some pretty cool uh cool people over there and i still keep in contact with guys that you know or lifers over there you know being on the uh the blue side of it i mean not the lifers and like the inmates, but I uh, met some pretty cool people over there, good connections, but for me, it was a stepping stone.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember being in the academy and, and when we were in the academy, we'd have instructors saying like, who's using this for a stepping stone and who's using this to like make a career? And I like shoot my hand up and people actually, my academy classmates are like, Yo, yeah, you don't have to be so fucking eager to not, to like voice everybody, to let everybody know that you want to leave. Right. Like some of us are staying here yeah. and I'm like, do whatever you want. Yeah, do whatever you want. Right. But uh, this is not yeah, how I, this, no. I didn't take this you're job. You're locked
0: in a cell, you're not locked in a jail for eight hours minimum. If, you know, your relief didn't come in, you're stuck for 16 and without no cell phone, no nothing. I know, but, dude. No, I'm like, I'm like, can I call my wife to tell her I'm staying next eight hours? Like, yeah, you can use the phone in the jail. I'm like, I can't go to my car for five minutes though. I know, my, like, you
1: gotta ask permission to leave. Yeah, ask permission to leave like, It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, hats
0: off to those guys that stay over there and. It's a tough job, man. It's A tough job.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and and, you know, I listen. This is not a a knock on corrections, guys. Yeah. Nobody respects you guys more than the guys that who work there. Yeah, we we get it. You know, like we get the whole thing that goes on. I just wasn't sticking around. Right. Um, You know, as a matter of fact, I would consider uh, almost anything in my life to do as a profession, knowing what that was like, And, and actually what it caused for me as far as like. I don't know if you get the same thing that I get. but I get like, I get like nightmares of me being in jail. that happened to you too?
0: Uh, not nightmares, but I would have my times where I'd be like, "This, this isn't for me," and I,
1: <coughs> I have to find a new. Should I go back to dispatching? Should I take a step back? because yeah. like, I was just, yeah.
0: it just wasn't. Well,
1: dispatching enough. time counted towards the pension, right? right. Yep. Everything, mm-hmm. everything, counted. So you got a lot of time in the pension now.
0: Yeah, I almost have ten. I have a little over ten years. Oh, that's cool. Pension time. So, yeah, it's
1: great. So it's good for
0: you know what I'm trying to do in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so dude, uh, you went to the police cad. When did you get hired at your agency? Uh,
0: I got hired in some in two thousand sixteen. My my, I went through the academy for a police officer for uh, Kane University PD, which is uh, up in Union County, and uh, another job that was um, not where you want to do your whole career at um, campus officers. You know that stay there, that you know are there or are there for a reason, and it just wasn't for me. I had, I wanted to go work with the public. I didn't want to go bust kids at you know frat parties or you know sorority parties, that that wasn't wasn't me. I wanted to... Let me just jump in
1: here and just say that uh, we are not knocking, or Anthony Pizik's not knocking. No, I'm not knocking anybody
0: that works at campus uh, universities, but it's just another place that wasn't for me, it was another stepping stone in my career. Same Um,
1: thing, listen, I I left corrections, I went to uh, a federal agency, I was a police officer, I was in the field, uh, but just, again, I was like, yeah, this is not how I saw it for myself. Right. So, I get it. You know what I mean? And there are people who still work there that I respect and I'm still in touch with. Right. Um, They decided it was an appropriate fit for them. It wasn't an appropriate fit for me until I found myself my third agency going back through a third academy. So, you did two academies. The two academies. Yeah, but back then, Sea Corrections was a piece of cake, right?
0: Uh, I would say it was a piece of cake because I (laughs) I was in the military and I kind of knew the whole drone ceremony. In military uh, service too? Yeah. What branch? I did. uh three years in the Army National Guard. Damn, New Jersey. You're, you're just basically so a... I went to uh, Fort Benning for that. I came home. I got hired by corrections. So it was like a non-stop rotation of oh
1: academies. Man. You just get murdered <laughs> yeah. left and right. Yeah, so was almost like over a year. How was the game. Army uh, boot camp compared Army, to the other academies? Army was uh, way
0: harder than anything I ever experienced. Just because you're, you're in away from your family. You're, you're in a different state. Um,
1: and, you were younger, too. Yeah, you're younger. And, and
0: you, and I wasn't so much younger. I was, um, I was like 20 years old when I went in. And... Uh, it was kids that were 18 that were like, you know, immature, which would cause the platoon to get smoked. And you're like, dude, like, what are we doing? Like, just, just, just be on the same page or like, we can get through this. What academy did you go through for
1: the last one? Union County. guess okay, so, why I'm saying you didn't go to Somerset. I've had, no. I'm when not. I went to Somerset, we had guys from the Marine Corps in there and they're like, this place is fucked it's up. It's like state police. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, like, dude, it's, this, this yeah. place is fucked up. No, Union County wasn't. Oh, yeah, don't get to go into that. Yeah. Oh, go let's go let's that. just yeah. avoid yeah. all the things. That's yeah. why I asked. I didn't want to go elaborate further into it. I was like, you know, Somerset. We probably had six or seven guys. Did you to live there? No. But they made sure that you had no downtime at all. Right. Right? We get sent home with fucking two, three hours of homework every night. Yeah. And then every night. Then
0: you're shining on your. Well,
1: just don't forget, we're we're going up two eighty seven, right? Traffic's insane. Yeah. Insane. So you're you're you gotta get there early because you'll hit traffic. By the time you leave, you're you're walking out at five, five thirty. You're not home till seven. They're giving two hours of homework. You going to be up fuck four, o'clock in the morning yeah, the next no, day again. That's miserable. Oh, it was brutal. the whole time. There was no like No. Bro, they were doing shit like there's a three-day weekend because we we can't pay you overtime for Memorial Day. Here's ten hours of homework. Right then, you know, it just it was for whatever the psychological reasons. I'm not going to. I'm going to defer the continuance of this conversation. But I got to tell you, like, I, I was curious what academy you went to to see how it compared to the army. But no
0: comparison. We'll keep it at that. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. So um, carry on. Um, then you find yourself at Summit, right? I got hired in
0: Summit in 2016. I've been there almost, uh, Oh, I've been out of work for a year and a half. So my total service there right now is about five years. Um, and then, yeah,
1: that's, that's where I've been since. And, so let me ask you this. Like the day that uh, this incident unfolded, um, was it any different than any other day? Would you no. feel any weirdness about it at all?
0: Uh, no. I, it was just, a. well, it was the start of COVID. And it was kind of different than and, you know, they actually to start a cover. We were on a, a different schedule. They adjusted our schedule just because there wasn't the, a high call volume. Um, there was less people working, there was less traffic, there was less stuff going on in town. So they put our schedule on to 12 on 12 off instead of four on four off. They gave guys, um, you know, time off just in case once somebody in our ship went down for COVID, they, they would bring somebody in as a, like a reserve officer to cover that shift. Okay, um, So it was definitely different. Our manpower was definitely lower than normal. And um, it was just different. It, just, it was just eerie because the whole COVID start and the world was just different. Right. But for sure it was different. That's
1: really it. So I know that at that time, all the departments, including my old department, were getting crushed with motor vehicles, uh, stolen motor vehicles. Hmm. It seemed like every day there were multiple pursuits going on in that general area between those two counties up there nonstop because Union County, right? All right. So, yeah, even Somerset was experiencing it. Somerset, Union, and Middlesex County were getting destroyed. So was Passaic. So was anything North Jersey. They really were getting this far down a little bit, but not much. Um, And so I would hear that there was five, six pursuits last night in the state, which is a lot for us. So we don't have five, six pursuits Generally, and the guys, if anybody's listening from like nowhere, they're probably laughing like, Yeah, hey, we get fucking five <laughs> six every fucking 10 hours, right? right? Um, so, um, what exactly unfolded? in responding to a call, tell me how that went down a little bit. So, it's uh,
0: April 21st of 2020. So, like I said, the start of COVID, um, me and my uh, partner were on a uh, when you say partner, you guys ride two man units, we were not on two-man units, but we were responding pretty much to everything together, me and uh, officer. I can probably mention his name. Dietz, he is the one that you just uh, observed. Um, did an awesome job during my ac- uh, accident. Um, him and I were on a normal call. I was um actually I don't want to get too much into it, but okay it, yeah. it was just a, it was just a normal call. Um, we cleared up and uh, we went back and to our spot to just you know kick back and wait for the next next job to come in. So uh, sure as shit we get we pull into the parking lot. We're about to you know face each other and. Uh, as soon as we, you know, we pulled right next to each other, we get dispatched to um, assist the town next to us, which is New Providence, with the motor vehicle pursuit, which is coming uh, directly in the summit. So Deetson looked at each other. We said, "All right, let's go." He went. I went left. He went right, just in the direction of where this vehicle would be would be coming. And uh, I went left. Like I said, I went up the hill where I thought this car would pop out. And as soon as I went up that hill, I just knew uh, I was in trouble. I just I showed up hill. it was almost like a blind spot. I got off the hill and I just I just seen headlights in my lane and going at a high rate of speed. Uh, last known location of dispatch was like a mile and a half, two miles back from where the accident so they're flying. They're flying and there was never, to me, or on radio communications, there was never an update. Um, should I have known that they could have popped that anywhere? Sure, but did I know they're going to be in my lane going at a high rate of speed? I had no idea. But the only one they registered in my mind was Okay, this is the stolen car. That's the only thing I seen was the two headlights coming right at me and I was like, oh, this is gonna hurt and this is this is or this is it. And sure shit, they, they blindsided me head on in my Jesus lane. Jesus Christ. And uh I sustained a lot of injuries from it. Um thank God the vehicle was being pursued by another officer. So it was rapid response to you know detaining
1: right the yeah.
0: the suspects, helping me out. Um it was just it was kind of a, a cluster a cluster.
1: Yeah, and I don't want people to uh you know, Anthony we made a joke before because he's being honored at our our event and he said like his story's not as romantic in the eyes of some kind of adversity as maybe a gunshot victim but um i'll be honest with you your injuries sustained were, were far more superior or severe than some people we've interviewed so far some people had uh you know and, and this is not a comparison thing this is about an experience that any of us could go through so to think that this was some kind of bullshit crash i mean It was all over every news channel. It was everywhere. It was a significant thing. He's had multiple, multiple surgeries. Uh, It is no different than that was a 2,000 pound bullet hitting him or a 2,500 pound bullet hitting him at a high rate of speed instead of just that. So, so what happens? I mean, I, I, I understand what happened. Um, They are eventually uh, arrested these guys and, you know, you crash, you're out of the car. Your, your partner is doing a very, very nice job of speak, talking to you and doing the best he can. He does a real, I mean, really, really nice job from what you've told me. Um, and then what? What goes on from that point? So forward? as soon as I
0: was um, involved in the accident, uh, my first instinct was, um, let me get out of this car. I don't want to be in the, in the car. If it
1: catches fire or something. Yeah, it catches
0: fire, whatever the hell is going on. I want to you know do my job, You know, try to do my job to my best of my ability. So I opened the car door and I just immediately collapsed yeah. to the ground. Yeah. Um, my first Injury was um, my femur was out of, out of the hip, so of my right leg. So I just I kind of collapsed down to the ground, and so now I'm like, okay, now I'm in the middle of the street. I know cops are becoming blaring oh, from every shit. direction. Let me try to get out of the road. So I'm I, in my head, I'm just bear crawling to the side of the road because I can't. I'm my legs, they're not working. Right. I think my back's broken. I'm 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 like not losing it, but I'm like, what the hell is going on? You feel like you're losing consciousness at all? No, which I kind of wish everybody says it's good. You don't lose consciousness because you're awake for everything, but. I was in so much pain that I was like, "Why couldn't I knock out for like, you know, for some of it for 15 minutes and you know wake up and you know be in the back of an ambulance?" But no, it was I was awake for an entire episode of this accident, which which sucked.
1: What's crazy, dude, is like, I look at you here. I know you before this, and to be part of the 30 to 33 people that we're honoring, and it's not because of I know you. It's because you you were qualified to meet the criteria to get a street cop survivor award. it's very. Who would ever thought, right, no. dude? Who yeah. would ever thought he this was in would my be? my house, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: I know Dennis prior to this, and he met my family and my wife and your mother in law mother in law I would never think in my, you know, my lifetime working in the town I work in that I'd ever be receiving a war like this or this even happening to somebody that works in a pretty nice town. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so get out of my vehicle. I fall down to the ground. I bear crawl out to the side of the road, and now. The officer that's backing me up, my officer deets. Um, he immediately tries to detain these suspects, but the airbags are down. It's hard to see who's in the car. There's a lot of chaos going on. But his first and foremost thing was me. He literally put his body in between me and the suspects. Yeah, that's great. Draw down on these guys and just wait for backup to get these uh... What a job. You said he's a rookie, right? No, he's been on. I think he's been on almost like eight years. Oh, he's got yeah, time. Yeah, on. He's got time. Yeah, he's on. no rookie at all. No, but he's he kept his composure. By he, the way, dude, yeah, talented, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Some no, of those no. guys,
1: some of the best guys you got are the guys right next to yeah. you. Yeah, and
0: he kept his composure. He, and it was a chaotic scene. We don't get this shit where I work. You know, we we deal with some bullshit, but we don't, we don't get ulcers down, you know, and, you know, get all hands on deck over here. We don't we don't get that. And it, and it goes to show anybody that's listening, it's this shit can happen anywhere. It's not just, like, you know, Newark or wherever. You know, It's it can happen anywhere. It can happen to anybody driving on the road, not even working, you know, it's... So yeah, I sustained a hip fracture, um, hip dislocation from the femur, um, Jeez, multiple wrist surgeries. I had lacerations to my forehead, um, twenty stitches up there. Um, yeah, my artery came out of my wrist, oh, so God that's it. why I, that was probably closest uh, part of how I almost like I wouldn't say almost died, but I would say that if I was gonna die, I probably been bleeding out because that's how much blood I'm, did you lose? A lot. Did you? Did anybody tourniquet you? Nobody knew. Because I was bleeding from so many different spots in my face,
1: um, they thought it was just that. Let and me I, ask you this: I'm going to jump in real quick. What kind of training has everybody had there regarding medical evaluations? Like, right. So, if you take Sean Barnett's class, one of the things he goes over is not having black latex gloves. Here's why: if you're dealing, if you're treating somebody with trauma, you want to have purple gloves or white gloves so you can, when you do your body scan, figure out where the blood is coming from. Right. Um, what kind of training have you had outside of the academy? Because we know the academy training is it's, it's complete horseshit. Yeah. Uh, they do nothing. They show you how to like tie a fucking not even a tourniquet, but like they'll had a triage of. I don't know if they lip. show you
0: how to do a tourniquet on the, in the category. I don't remember doing that. Could honestly. you imagine? Imagine six months. <laughs> I remember the in the
1: military head. we did that was like okay, tourniquet, tourniquet, tourniquet. Yeah, dude, they've been saving lives. Yeah, and they do. So, what kind of other? Do you have any advanced training in um, service, anything like that? I don't want to knock on my okay. department, but um, we do. You know the
0: basics, um, CPR, basic first aid. Oh yeah, the same thing I do every year, annual training. Um, but I would like to maybe when I get back into implement. We do have tourniquets in our gear bags, which is issued to every officer, for us, for another officer. should have in the gear bags. They should be on your person. Yeah, they should be on our person, yeah. I, I, which I agree. They they give us a, they, what they call it, a go bag, which is, okay. God forbid, an active shooter. It slings over your shoulder. Um, there's extra mags, extra tourniquets, balls. Oh, that's cool. all that, That's you know, smart. The whole nine. So good, good, smart. there is something going on. But the situation was so crazy. Winter time, I'm wearing long sleeves. I'm wearing a jacket. I'm wearing, you know, it's just nobody knew, like, my artery was out of my skin. And the first thing the medics got when the medics got there, they're like, "Where's this kid bleeding from? Like, this isn't just his forehead bleeding. This, if you know, you, you'll see my body cam." Do you think the, the
1: medics approach. were were good?
0: Yeah, okay. everybody was spot on that night.
1: i was saying, you think they were good, like with the with the with their abilities to treat you?
0: Um, from my point of view, they were the only like they're like my angel. I feel like they just they came in, they swooped me up, they said, "Get this kid to the hospital. Give him whatever he needs for pain." and this Gampton Hospital. It's good. And so they uh, honestly I have yet to see those guys, but you know, they did a I from my point of view and body cam's point of views, they did a hell of a job. And from what I understand, the guy that was in like the number one medic that night, he only he's got a short time on the job. So he yeah, pulled up know. to a uh,
1: kid scene as well. I often think and get romantic with the idea of like actually getting certified as a paramedic, not just to do it for work. I wouldn't I don't have fucking time for that, but just to do it so I could try to help somebody else out in case yeah. I'm in a situation like that. Yeah. You know, I mean I say that I'm not gonna do it. Right. Um, no, but they,
0: no. he, he knew what he was doing and he got me the help I needed. Even the, the, the EMS, the volunteer EMS and something they, they're looking at it, pulling up to a scene that of an officer down bleeding profusely on the road. I'm screaming for help because my hips out of my you know, bones are broken. Christ. And, you know, it was, it was a mess and there, everybody did a good job. You know, there was people there that, you know, were taken back and that's, you know, I don't know how I would have reacted. I've never been in that point of view where I've seen another officer down. I've seen, you we've seen multiple shit in our job, but to see one of your friends, colleagues down on the ground is kind of probably surreal to everybody.
1: Yeah. Jesus. You know, dude, I I, I had a thought in the last episode that we recorded earlier today. Um, you know, training can prepare everybody for this. and we've, We don't train enough, and that's no. just the bottom line. No. I'm not picking on your agency or anything in general. Just overall, that's the discussion, and the driver of this company is is it's training, dude, and everybody would move so much more smoothly if they had been put through this mentally to begin with. And we're doing our best with this podcast to try to train. I have a lot of thoughts and ideas, and like I'll do so much at a time. But okay, so they 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 evaluate you. They get you into an ambulance. You get shipped off. Where'd you go? Right
0: to uh, No, I went to um, Morgantown Trauma Center. Okay, so that was uh, right in. Trauma as a trauma. Um, I got. I literally walked in the ER. They threw me right in the CAT scan, uh, MRI. I was. well rolling. you didn't walk in. They brought you uh, in the Yeah, yeah right they, in. they they rolled me. I'm sorry, I didn't walk in. Um, yeah, they threw me in all the machines. I'm still screaming in pain. Like they gave me everything under the sun, and it wasn't pain. working. No, it was. I thought it wasn't working. Then the the surgeons finally come in. And I think I'm there for like an hour now. I could have been there for two hours. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, And that much pain? Yeah, I was. They really kept pumping me, but I was just in pain. So the surgeon comes in. He's like, "Hey, we got to pop your hip back, oh the femur God. back into its hip." I'm like, "All right, cool. You know, it's gonna make me feel better. You're gonna knock me out, right?" He's like, "No, we can't knock you out because you're having surgery in a few hours for you know to, to fix it permanently. But we got to pop it back in because." Um, I, for arthritis reasons, I guess with the nerve stretching and the whole night with so it, so he's like, you're gonna be awake, you're gonna see everything, he's not gonna feel much. I'm like okay, so I'm, no bullshit. They roll me to an OR, and these two big guys, like surgeons that I think are like, you know, I'm picturing now, like big dudes, and they're literally just pouncing on me, popping my my femur back into its hip, and I'm like, holy shit. Were you dying? I was. I wasn't knocked. I was. I was. I was met a pretty good, goodly medicated, and um, once they popped it back in. I, I feel like I felt like a million bucks. Oh, it's I great, like, I felt like way better, not in a million bucks, but I felt like I, the pain was pretty much subsided. Yeah, it's great. So it helped, Holy and fuck. so the next morning I woke up, and uh, oh, and I'm sorry, a few hours later, I say morning, because it went into the morning hours. Uh, I had surgery on my hip, did the surgery on my wrist, um, and, and that's really it. Um, I stayed. I, my total stay in the hospital was about 20 days. I, did, uh, I had two wrist surgeries which I'm going for another one in a month, because it's not healing properly. Um, I had multiple foot surgeries, uh, multiple nerve surgeries. So to kind of tell you what happened after I got home, I get home from this, I get released from the hospital. Um, I get home with my wife and I'm just in pain. like, And I'm taking big, big doses of pain medication. And I called my surgeon, I said, listen, something's going on, I'm in a lot of pain. And I know my body. Like this is, he's like, just you know, sleep it off. Try to try to double up your your whatever you, the pain meds you, you have, and just try to sleep. So I I no 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 BS. I got home and I didn't sleep for probably a week because wow. I was in that much pain. And we had and you just see if I have pictures of my, phone of my foot, like it was triple the size. It was it wasn't normal. And I sent pictures to the surgeon. He's like, if you're in that much pain, we'll put you back in the hospital. Perfect. That's where I want to be because I'm comfortable there. At least I can have some morphine. I can push the button. I'm in pain. I go back to the hospital, I do another week stay there. They figure out that I have um, a nerve disease, uh-huh. which is it's called complex regional pain syndrome. This is pre-existing? No, nope, this just is from developed. the accident. Okay. It develops from when uh, your nerve is damaged. Oh, so during when my, my my femur was dislocated from the hip, it stretched my side nerve, which leads okay. onto your toes from your back. I know where it is, yeah. So it stretched my nerve. And um, so I developed complex regional pain syndrome. And it is a a, a nerve tacking disease which um, attacks you know any nerve in your body, and it pretty much where you have trauma. So it was attacking my right foot, so I couldn't even when I was in the hospital I couldn't even put the blankets over my foot Whoa, in the bed because that's that's a painful. felt that, like if I, I would touch that blanket on my Whoa, toes, it feels like somebody's slamming my 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 foot in with a hammer. Wow. And I'm like this isn't right. So every time a nurse came in, I'm like please don't touch my toes. Like you know they're moving around, they're you know, they're machines. I'm like just don't touch my toes. I'm gonna scream in pain. So they realized I um, had that, um, got me on the right medication, and uh, it kind of started to subside. But, um, so the CRPS it is, it is um, how do I explain it? It's, it just makes your nerves and everywhere around where the injury is super sensitive. So like I said, a cotton ball couldn't even touch my toe. Whoa. So I couldn't put socks on. I couldn't do anything, because wow. it, it would it would feel like, uh, you know, <laughs> charge of, you know, Glass going into my feet. That's how, and I would, and randomly at night when I would be sleeping, I just get these jolts of pain, and oh, like lightning God. pain. And I'm like, how do I deal with this? I can't, I can't live like this. So I went to my um, pain manager guy. Thank you, Dr. Wendy, up in Morristown. Guy f- was spot on the entire time. I said, I can't deal with this shit. And he's like, you know, people, people think of, you know, other things, you know, to do with their feet because of this pain. I said, what, like amputation? Because that's what I want because it's that much fucking pain. Can I back hers on this? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, sorry. it's that much fucking pain. He's like, well, the only problem with CRPS, when you chop off that foot, he's attack somewhere else. Uh-huh. So he's like, they call it a suicide disease. I'm like, that's not what I fucking want to hear. Right. You know, suicide disease. He's like, yeah, because people can't deal with the pain, they kill themselves. I'm like, holy shit. Like, dude, like, I thought this was like, you know, I was in that hospital, I, was, I got released, I'm good to go. Me and my wife, now I'm dealing with this shit. So I've had a nerve surgery. They, they removed some scar tissue, they did a tendon transfer in my foot to get my foot to work work back to normal. And since May 5th, not good, I haven't had any pains. I haven't had, I haven't had any medi- I don't even take my medications anymore. I'm, I'm done with uh, nerve medication, pain medication. So I'm, I'm sober. I'm, I'm back to where I was. I still, have, at times, have a little sensitivity issues and you know, pain, but nothing I can't tolerate. Yeah, right. And it makes me, me feel better. Like me as a, you know, just waking up every day and taking five p- pills of nerve medication. It just makes you feel like I'm up all day. So being off that shit gives you energy and, you know, motivation. So
1: it's, it's great. Um, wow. Let me ask you this, dude. Um, how has it affected you mentally?
0: Um, I, I, You know, we're guys and we deal with shit different than, you know, and we're cops and we think we're like super hard headed. And, and I agree with that. Like, but there's times where I'm like, shit, man, I was really in a bad, you know, trauma, a bad accident, but it, I feel like I, I feel like I'm okay. Like I, I have my friends I can reach out to talk to. I have people that like, you know, your company and you know, I just know people are there to to listen. And you know, sometimes I get off my chest, sometimes I think about the accident. I'm yet to be back at the site where the accident happened, I'm sure it's gonna be a little, you know, a little sketchy when I do that. But uh, for the most part I feel like I'm I'm all right. You know, I you know, I just... have you
1: gone through things at all? What do you mean? Like I don't know, any any did it fuck with your head at all?
0: No, the only like I I said when I when I was my my doctor was like, dude, this is a suicide, you know, disease. I'm like, dude, like I'm not killing myself. Like I I can I you know th- you know this shit hurts, but I'm not killing myself. You know, this is this is something I would have to deal with if I have to deal with the rest of my life, which is gonna suck. But you know, thank God that um, the pain is gone. Jesus. I don't have to deal with this shit. Great. Um, but um, my wife and I had a baby about four months ago, and a little motivation to my life. So yeah, it's sure, dude. Um, my life forever. Really motivates the yeah. fuck out hell of me. yeah! Right? it makes me want to get back to work at you know at, at times and other times I'm like, I just want to stay home with this guy. You know, how yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. do I want to go back to work. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you know? Um, how did your wife deal with this?
0: Um, knock on wood, you met my wife, Christina's an uh my wife Christina, she's an ace. Um, everybody at works like dude. Your wife's your wife is spot on. Like she came to the She was an ace when I met her, dude. yeah. she's she, she got yeah, it. She's yeah, one of those people. Yeah, she just, just got, a, got it. You know, like your cops you you know, you think of a cop's wife, she's she's that. She's she's been there. She was literally, you know, I got home from the hospital. She was literally pulling my pants. You know, I've known my wife for almost 11 years. And for her to pull my pants on to help me go to the bathroom because of my, you know, my disabilities, I should say, um, was kind of like discouraging. As a, as a male, you want to do everything yourself. You want to go to your bathroom. You want to take a shower. Like, and she's like, and she's sitting there doing all this, like, for months at a time, wiping my ass. Like, this is crazy. Like, I don't want her to do this. But she, she did it. No complaints. Yeah. So she's been she's been good. She's yeah. been definitely good. It's um, It's love. It's love. It's it's crazy. You know, I would she's like, You wouldn't do this shit for me. I'm like, Yes, I would. I would heartbeat. You, you know, you yeah, think you think so. I wouldn't, but she, you know, she uh she stepped up and she she did everything. She walked the dog. She, you know, was trying to get we were trying to get pregnant at the she's time. It's a bro. You know, yeah, she's are built differently. Yeah, she's she's built differently. And she uh she did a hell of a job. And I, I appreciate everything she did for me. Ooh, it's good. It's deep, dude. Yeah. She loves you, man. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah,
1: yeah it's cool shit. Um so she's okay with how'd your parents deal with it?
0: Um, my mom is everything, everything you tell my mom's like to the extreme. So you tell her like, I cut my finger, she's like, okay, you're getting your arm amputated. So it's like, she took it pretty bad. Like, okay, why the hell is my son in the hospital? I want to get there right now. And like I said, I was at the peak of COVID. So, um, nobody can come visit. So I was, those days I was in the hospital, it was all by myself, Mm -hmm. which, which was fine. I got time to relax and time to focus on getting better and doing PT at the hospital. But I couldn't see anybody. There was no motivation besides like FaceTime. So I couldn't see my mom, couldn't see my wife. I couldn't see anybody. The only guys I was able to see that night of my accident was some guys from my department, the chief, captain, they all they all came to see me. And from what I understand, they got their door and they're like, oh, you can't come in, it's COVID. They said, okay, stop us. So they oh, sure. walked right through the ER and they found me and they said, listen, we can't stay long, but we want to make sure you're okay. You know, Jeez. so. Um, you said your
1: chief's a great guy. Yeah, of course, chief, he's
0: Captain Barlavia. He's, uh, he's a good dude. That's and awesome. He's, man. He's, they they they've been in touch. You know, I've been out for almost a year and a half now, and every week,
1: every you know, few days they text me to make sure I'm,
0: I got my head on. It's and cool, dude. Everything's going right. Because that's an
1: important thing for any administration that that that's listening is to not forget, you know, to not forget throughout the whole healing process. That's when the guy's in the hospital. You got to reach out to him, make sure he's all right.
0: And I want to say thank you to, I'm sure agencies that are listening that mm-hmm. reached out to me. I got, you know, I was injured pretty bad on, on the job. Like Dennis said, I was. There was news outlets that reached out to me. There was a lot of shit going on but there's guys from l.a sent me get well cards there's guys from texas departments like i would you see on the internet copgan hundred you would never you know think like oh, let's go send this guy a card but people did you oh, know it's great kids drawing me pictures from school wow. get better like oh man chills like it's it's crazy like it's I, I i still can't believe like all the support that went to my gofundme from you to people that i don't even know like I give you ten bucks. No, don't yeah. say what I gave, you. don't say <laughs> yeah. what I gave you. No, you're very generous, but which you guys didn't need to give anything. But it, it's if it helped and just the support that was involved in me getting back to someone
1: normal. It was was what you know got me here to today. It's, it's crazy. It's wild, dude. Um, I think there's a lot of value in this. Um, let's go back to just the crash for a second. That I have one final question: Is at any point did you think you were going to die? Um, I didn't really know. Uh, I didn't think, no, I didn't, I, by
0: the time the ambulance got there and the medics were there, I, I knew I was in good hands. I didn't know my arteries out of my skin until I got into the back of the ambulance when they started cutting everything off me and closed. And when I think when they cut my shirt off and my jacket off and my artery was out of the skin squirting like a fire hose and by yeah, yeah. in there. Did the they tourniquet my... it then? Yeah, they. They're like holy what is going on you know we wish we we'd have found this you know 20 minutes ago wow yeah so um yeah so i did blood transfusions to get my blood back in order that's what i was in the hospitals for the most part because my blood fixed. my blood was so low because of uh, my blood count was so low <laughs> but um uh, did i think i was ever gonna die no i did not um i just wanted to get through it and get home to my wife
1: yeah yeah it's great um anything that you could have thought of that could have been done differently or any advice going forward that you want to give to everybody listening to this
0: um I would just say advice um, would be if you see somebody down, doesn't matter if it's your partner, a stranger in the street, um, look for where they're bleeding from. Yeah, they, they might they have a big laceration on their head, but you don't know what's going on internally. You don't know what's going on on um, their arteries, their skin. You know, it's you just don't know where there could be more laceration. So that's the only thing I think I could have been done a little differently. But I'm not knocking any of the guys that you know were on that scene that night. It was like I said, it was fucking chaotic and. They did everything they could. There was suspects in the car. Still, there was it was a mess, and um, they did a hell of a job. But I would just say, you know, if you get the time in first aid, would be huge. Carry a carry a tourniquet. I would say put it on your duty belt. You know, you could save somebody's life, arm, you know,
1: limb. It's it's gonna help. We're actually selling these things uh, at a discounted rate. These are str- oh, it has our logo on it. <laughs> it's a bleeding control kit. This is actually the one that's recommended by um showing barnett actually you if you take as a training course you get one of these as one of the as, as part of the, the taking the course so in this has a combat application tourniquet the generation six a cat gen six it's a badass one we got it's not in this kit it comes separate uh quick clot bleeding control dressing four inch emergency pressure bandage high f- uh, vent chest seal this is not a cell i'm just saying a rescue blanket heavy duty nitrile gloves right but they're a certain color so you can see blood on them right. so they put some thought to it and barnett who has uh, dude I don't have any saves, hundreds and hundreds. Um, this is his go-to kit, and he believes and stands firm on it. And it's got, a, you know, it, it lasts for four years. It's a yeah. four-year kit. So, And the current kit lasts forever, I'd imagine. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. But good advice from Anthony Paisic. And, you know, dude, I know that you drove to come here and spent time and took time out of your day. And just know that the I try to remind everybody who's been through these traumatic incidents that this time may serve value and may save somebody's life. So I didn't say this, and I haven't said it. Uh, publicly, in the previous podcast we did, but what I'd like to do is try to get uh, a real support group through this company to be available for anybody who might go through something similar. So you can walk them through what you experienced and what they could ex- what they could expect, and maybe give them some good advice on what to do next. Right. The last guy in the last podcast said that he, um, and that was Josiah. He said that he reached out to Jesse Hartnett. I actually connected him with him, and it uh, has been a real big thing for him to be, able to be able to talk to somebody who went through something similar that he right. was. That was a big turning point for him. As was a wild podcast. I to that one. It's nuts. This was great too, though, dude. Um, I've had enough emotions today. <laughs> yeah. I've got to run a company. Uh, dude, thanks for coming in, man. Thank I you, appreciate it. Thanks for having me the show. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, Anthony Pizik, check out streetcop.com, the conference. You have two weeks left to register, October 4th through the 8th. You can meet all these guys at the conference today. They'll be there as well. Uh, You'll be wearing your, your your awards around. I don't yeah. know if you saw what they look like. I'll show you, no, yeah, yeah, you, I'll show you some cool stuff. Uh, before you leave and um street Cop training facebook group follow us on instagram all the major platforms where you can find us i have nothing left i'll see you guys (laughs)